0: hey everybody welcome back to another episode of the college football uncensored podcast brought to you by saturday down south i'm your host tyler huck and with me as always chris marler chris i like how i just noticed how our videos the good thing we're not live look at the names under our videos wait what do you mean your name is under my video
1: oh yep it's honestly, um, I don't think anybody'd be surprised to to find out that I'm the one that set this up and have any kind of issues, typos, all that. It took me roughly seven minutes just to send you the link.
0: Um, man, are we excited about this week? I can't wait. It all starts Thursday night. Before we get into the games, anything catch your eye this week? Um, I mean, we recorded yesterday, so.
1: Yeah. I mean, we recorded like less than 24 hours ago. I, I will say I hate recording like preview pods this early on, I know, but I'm still fired up. I mean, there's just so many games. Like it's like, is there not a Monday night game by the way? There is. It's
0: a Clemson,
1: Georgia tech. Oh, that's right. Okay. Um, yeah, nothing else really caught my eye. I think, um, I feel like there's some good bets. I enjoyed the preview pod last night where we made our picks. Um, Went back and listened to that a couple of times. I was making some clips out of that and I might be an idiot. I will say it. I will say it. I hope I'm wrong. Um, but what I did notice was that m- almost every single one of the bets that I made today um, were the ones that you chose. I was like, somebody told me that was a really, really good pick. So I've hammered <laughs> pit. Uh, oh, even though I it.
0: Yeah. I hammered pit as well, actually. So we'll see. Um Let's jump through a little of the SEC games that maybe necessarily aren't – we're not going to break down a Sam Houston versus A&M per se. want go around the league. You want to start very first game, Thursday night, 7 p.m., SEC Network?
1: Okay, so I feel like this is like the eighth straight year where Tennessee's kicked off on Thursday night against a MAC opponent.
0: Well, we could look that up very easy, easily in you know, my handy-dandy Phil Steele magazine.
1: There you go. If, if they are doing that, I say we just go full blank, Tropic Thunder style, and just go ahead and play a fucking Tuesday night action game in October.
0: I love that. Get a little SEC flavor during
1: the week like that. Um, yeah, I would love that. I, I mean, other fan bases would make fun of them for sure. But um, so I feel like it's a treat that we get to watch this game which sounds really stupid because it's Tennessee. I feel like like two years ago, I would have slapped myself for saying that, but like Hinden Hindenhooker, year two in this offense should be a lot of fun. Um, the first thing I did, it made me feel so warm and fuzzy inside, was go look up the first half and first quarter spreads. I mean, just immediately. Tennessee's 0-5 against the spread in their last five openers. Um, yeah, not great. Um, I believe. I mean, like the numbers are not not great in terms of them in like September and against non-con, all that kind of stuff in recent years. I like. I just have to assume that that Ball State is going to get worked because I mean, you're again, you're going into year two with hypo The fan base is excited. You've been kind of talking all off season. I would. I would just jump all over that first quarter line, which is uh, nine and a half, and then the first half line as well, which is 20 twenty and a half um stay away from the uh any kind of backdoor covers but it should be fun should be a good game the other one is awful
0: that number 35 it just scares me because it started the line opened at 31 uh we did not mention because it just happened brew mccoy became eligible at tennessee so that'll be nice to see him on the field if you're a volunteers fan um i think this is a game if anything if you're gonna play it like you said maybe the first half maybe the under it's like okay we get out to a lead with him and Hooker. We pull him. We work on some stuff with some backups.
1: Oh, hold on, you're gonna bet the under with Tennessee. It's under 68. I swear to God, if you go out in game one of this season and bet the under, I'm i gonna drive up to Chattanooga or wherever the fuck you live and slap you in the face. And probably also it could be oh, 60
0: God. to zero, and I would still win.
1: Wait, what's the over? 68. Oh, actually, that's not a bad play. All right. Um, I'll take it back then. Uh, I, I mean, I, I'm not going to touch that part. I will say I, I will take Tennessee. I'm, I can't wait to see what the team total uh, points that come out are as well because I think that should be pretty interesting. I mean, again, just an inferior opponent. We've I feel like we've seen this a thousand times in Tennessee over the years, especially in game one. Um, do we have to talk about the other game?
0: What, Sam Houston and –
1: Texas no, 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 Mizzou and and uh, La Tech.
0: Oh, um, <clears throat> we didn't even preview Mizzou, uh, so I feel a little bit bad about that. Let's 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 talk about it a little bit, maybe. M- Memorial Stadium is also on Thursday night, eight p.m. ESPNU. Uh, line opened at Missouri minus twenty. It is now Missouri minus 19 and a half. what's the over under uh currently 60 and a half
1: that might be the play I, so this, like, is
0: the, this is only the fourth thursday game uh all time for missouri um they've won 15 straight home openers just a couple little nuggets there for you
1: yeah they do well in, in september i feel like every year
0: i uh, didn't wasn't louisiana tech the one that beat mississippi state last year
1: No, they almost did.
0: They almost did. Yeah, they State had to come back.
1: Yeah. They also are fucking terrible on defense. I mean, just awful. They went like four and eight last year. They gave up 35. I think it's 35 or 34 points or more in eight of those 12 games. Hmm. That.
0: I'm I'm excited at least to watch uh, Luther Burden, the five-star receiver they got. Got a new quarterback, Brady Cook, on our center. Um, defense has been awful. This, this is the third defensive oh. coordinator in three years for, for Missouri. Um, I don't know. Breaking in a lot of new bad. parts of your Missouri. We'll see. I don't, I don't think I would bet this one, but you said if you were going to bet it, you'd take the under or the over?
1: No, no. I would probably take the over. I, I mean, I'm not going to bet this game. I think – It'll be interesting to see, like you said. I'm, I'm excited to see the receivers from Mizzou. What does the quarterback situation look like? That's about it. I mean, they should cover. LaTeX Tech is bad. I mean, they're really, really bad. Um, I don't know if I trust Mizzou to do that, but I mean, Jesus Christ. I mean, you would assume they would get better from a year uh, a year ago I mean, on both sides, I guess, with Mizzou and LaTeX, But LaTeX being one seventeenth in pass defense and one fourteenth in, in scoring defense a year ago. It, Maybe we jump back on that Great first point. half line? Uh, I, this,
0: I just I get I get worried putting too many bets out there in week one, having not seen yeah. a lot of these teams, um, not knowing a lot about Louisiana Tech and you know how bad or good their O line is or whatever you know. So you learn those things pretty quickly, and then it comes easier to bet on or against teams. Week one scares me a bit. I'm not gonna lie. You're gonna
1: do some in depth research on that. LaTeX O-line?
0: Uh, already have, brother.
1: <laughs> I'll tell you right now, LaTeX beat Bama twice in three years. So, I mean, granted it was pre-Y2K, but I mean, you, listen, again, you don't sleep on, what are they, the Bulldogs? Yes. Okay, next all, game. Well,
0: an all Bulldogs matchup. What? Mizzou is the time. Oh, sorry. I was thinking about Mississippi State. <laughs> My
1: bad. It was last year, though. Good point. I didn't think about that. (laughs) Can't take that away from you.
0: Uh, All right. So I'm going the Tennessee under.
1: What's my bet? We can do this later.
0: 68. All right. Um, Yeah, I'm not betting this game, but I I think Missouri will win the game.
1: If I had to bet, maybe I'd take Louisiana Tech to cover. Yeah, that's fair. Um and m Sam Houston State. I So Sam Houston State, I feel like won a – didn't they win a Division II or an FCS national title a couple of years ago?
0: Uh, yeah, no, they're really good. I think they only won or lost one game last year.
1: That's three less than A&M if you think about it. That's, true. Um, that's a great point. I would love nothing more. Like maybe what we should have done is it's just like something we want to see in each of these games. And if we're being honest, I would love to see just a a big time struggle in the first half from AM. I would, would I would enjoy that immensely.
0: I would laugh at that. There's no line on this game, so we can't bet on it. But oh yeah, there is. Oh, you found one?
1: You want to take a guess?
0: Texas AM minus 43
1: and a half 29 29 29 Sam Houston I guess they're that good Sam Boomston actually that did not rhyme very well <laughs> I mean I don't know they could be I mean A&M will win but anyway uh, uh, Vandy with that. a
0: chance to go 2-0 by
1: who Vandy's playing Elon this week so what is what am I missing with this they're only a 19-point favorite.
0: I don't. <laughs> again, with Vandy, I mean it's tough, but then again, they just thrashed Hawaii. Elon's probably better than Hawaii, though. There's no way, right? <laughs>
1: hey, hold on, like for, for real though. What am I missing? I don't know. I don't even see a line for this game. It's. I mean, first off, do yourselves a favor. Go get on DraftKings. Uh, FanDuel, Barstool Sportsbook. Go over to SDS and and click on any of the bevy of links that we have posted in the drop down menus, um, just at your convenience, so you can go uh, bet on as many games as you would like. There's, um, I'm pretty sure DraftKings is still doing a a promotion right now that's ridiculous. Where if you just sign up, like and you're a first time user, especially in Tennessee or Louisiana, so if you're a Vandy fan, you want to gamble. You're bad with money, even though you have a great education. Go sign up, put in five dollars. Wager just five dollars. They'll give you two hundred dollars back, right off the bat. All you got to do is put in five bucks. All you got to do is put in five bucks. Even if and then with that two hundred, even if you win or lose whatever you bet on with that money, they give you another two hundred just for wagering it. Wow. Yeah. So just giving away money. And also, they've had the best lines. Um, like, I saw Tennessee at 32 uh, there. I haven't seen it anywhere under 35 um, anywhere else on the internet. So, um, yeah, definitely go check out. Go, just go to STS and, and click one of the many links, like I said. Um, but check out DraftKings, Barstool Sportsbook, FanDuel, all the above. All right, back to Elon.
0: Uh, no, no, we don't yes. need to talk about that
1: game. All right, well, I'm, I mean, I'm going to – there's – there's a 100 percent chance that I am going to bet this game.
0: Okay. You taking Vandy? Yeah. What's the what's the line? Vandy it minus 19? Me.
1: Yeah. All right. I'll put you down for that. Um I'm trying to think. They are what are, what is their mascot even?
0: I need to change
1: this. Elon? Yeah. It's gotta be something stupid like the Eagles. The Elon Phoenix. Jesus Christ. Yeah, Hammer Vandy. Um, their coach's name is Tony Tristiani, so he probably also has a uh, what do you call it? Business, a waste management business on the side. It's probably he's honestly Elon said, Coach might be in witness protection.
0: You pull up a picture of him?
1: Oh, yeah, very Italian.
0: He's not in witness
1: protection, so you've got it. Well, I mean, you don't know that. Uh, he's not a real name. Um, Not anyway, better than I'm the game. And I would hammer 19 there's, I don't understand this could be a massive trap that i am just somehow missing out on, but I, I don't think I am.
0: What about Mercer Auburn? I, listen,
1: Mercer played Bama pretty close in the first half last year. I will never get over the fact that they won a game 69 to nothing by missing the extra point for the 70th point and 10th touchdown during that game. Um, I mean Auburn should win, but we saw them struggle with Georgia State last year, right?
0: Georgia State's not bad, you know. They're only twelve point underdogs to South Carolina. At South Carolina,
1: they've also like I think have uh, the best or one of the best um, ATS records over the like over the last two or three years um, in the country. So I'm saying. Um, Do you have a line on the Mercer Auburn game? Georgia State's sixteen and seven against the spread uh, since 2020. Yeah, the Mercy game. There's a line for everything. It's 31
0: and a half. Okay. All right.
1: I'm not going to touch that.
0: I'm, I'm going to stay away from that as well. Sure. Uh, other games in the SEC. Troy Ole Miss. Ole Miss, a 21 and a half point favorite. It's at four o'clock on the SEC network. Troy, I think, is going to be sneaky good this year, actually. Why is that? Because I read it. <laughs> it's fair. Um, um, They're a bowl team. I've read that they're probably a bowl team. Oh, okay. no that's probably why you're only seeing 21 and a half. You'd think it'd be more Ole Miss versus Troy. Obviously, Ole Miss, you know, they're they're in their pursuit to replace Matt Corral, which isn't going to be easy. Um, It sounds like – I don't know if it's official yet, but Jackson Dart's probably going to be the guy. Right. Um,
1: I don't know. Do you have a bet on this game? I, I – do you know that, that Ole Miss is three and ten uh, against the over in the last uh last year? Really? They're one of the worst teams in the country. Um, do I have a bet on this? That's
0: so I'm
1: I, 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 I mean, we have to go off of what happened last year with this team. Um, but Troy was not very good. They lost four of their last five. Um I, I mean, they lost by 38 to App State, and they lost by 27 to Georgia State to close out the season. Uh, they did play South Carolina pretty close, um, only lost by nine last year. Again, I'm going to just hammer the uh, the first half with Ole Miss. The first half um, line in this game is – where to it go, where to it go? I'm pretty sure it's nine and a half. Um, I'll double-check it on the safe side, but – Like like most of these games and I'm excited. It's 12 and a half. I apologize. Most of these games I'm excited for is to see like what the starters are going to look like. I don't really give a shit about the depth, uh, like for most of the teams that aren't mine. It'll be interesting to see what Georgia has, but this game, the A&M game. And then what was the other one that we we kind of glossed over the, uh, Tennessee. No, not Tennessee. Um, yeah, not Mizzou. I think it might've been, uh, Vandy. I'm interested to see what the quarterbacks look like for sure, but also what Zach Evans is going to look like, and and like I really want to see what A and M looks like uh, on defense without Elko, and also with Haynes King as the guy at quarterback.
0: Yeah, I I'm interested to see for Ole Miss who develops as a as a receiving target because Mm -hmm. I know they brought in Trig. He's a tight end though. I don't expect him to like lead the team, and they got a bunch of guys that are vets that you know look the part but i I don't think have necessarily produced at the level you'd want so that's something i'll be interested to see if we see anything in um that troy game troy's got a first year head coach uh who just came in from kentucky actually so a little sec tie there okay um Um, i don't have a bet in that game you're taking ole miss minus 12 and a half first half
1: and and i'm also going to check out and see what the uh the team total is in the first half as well. Um, I, you know, I, I just think we saw this all last year. We saw what they, especially early in the season, Kiffen has a lot of fun in these non-con games and, and it shows like they put up a lot of points in some of those games a year ago. Um, Troy, I mean, maybe they're, they're vastly improved. I w- I'm still going to take uh, Ole Miss early on. Ole Miss in, in Tennessee, I feel like out of the gates, in the first quarter, first half, are are really, really good bets.
0: Yeah, same with Bama. Yeah,
1: that's fair. Um,
0: Another one in the SEC, speaking of Kentucky, you've got Miami of Ohio at Kentucky. Kentucky preseason ranked 20, so good for the Wildcats. Chris Rodriguez, all SEC running back for the Wildcats out this week. He's among seven uh, several players suspended for the opener. Right. Um, I think – so Rodriguez was in some off-the-field trouble. Yeah, what happened? I think he got, a D, he got arrested on DUI charges.
1: Oh, yeah. I think we had an article about this today.
0: So I don't know how long he's going to be out. Um, they got a couple other guys out, senior linebacker Jordan Wright. Uh I don't know anything about Miami of Ohio. Won't, won't lie about that. Um, the spread, 16 and a half. It's come down too. Yeah, it was at 20 and a half at one point, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. That is interesting to me.
1: Yeah, I feel like we've seen Kentucky early on be real hit or miss the last couple of years. I, I think I think... You're breaking in a new OC. Levis is back for year two. I would. I wish there's a prop bet on him throwing an interception because I would almost guarantee that happens. Um, I think that they're going to put up a lot of points, and because I, I do think that Mark soups has a chip on his shoulder always, but especially with this offseason and kind of like proving that they still belong. You also don't have Wondell Robinson and you don't have Chris Rodriguez, so I think that you will see a lot of a. Uh, a lot of of what he call it? um will levis dropping back like trying to connect probably with the new kid from uh, virginia tech getting like something going there um i just feel like every time kentucky's playing a september game against a non-con it's like a prove a point game for them
0: yeah i was gonna say uh 16 and a half is not very many points against Miami, Ohio. Um, no. I know that they're out from C- Chris Rodriguez, but, I mean, you would think that at home, season opener, um, you got Cavassier smoke. Yep. Not worry about that. Uh, still got J.J. Weaver last I checked. Um, I just think that that line has moved too much, A- unless I'm missing something. Which um, we probably are. Which, I, which we probably are, to be honest. Um.
1: I think I'm gonna take
0: wow gosh, now I feel scared about it a little bit, honestly.
1: I mean, Kentucky, they, I mean, their MO is to is to establish the run game and be a physical, physical football team. You know what'll be interesting though is I wanna I wanna see what the whole Will Levis, Levis situation looks like. And if they go out and try to put something behind him like they did with Tim Couch, Lorenzen, uh, who am I missing, like where they, they try to go out and, and maybe win that kid a Heisman.
0: True, so try to run up the points a little bit every game Which they can. Yeah, I could see that. All right, I'm going to go Kentucky. I, I just think the, the number's too low. I'm, I'm locking it in. I'm locking game. it in. All right. 9, half. All right, what else we got? All right, uh, let's see. Where are we at here? Okay, let's go to Georgia State South Carolina. Saturday, 7:30, ESPN Plus. South Carolina currently a 12 and a half point favorite over under 57.
1: That by the I mean that 12 and a half by the way is terrifying.
0: Yeah, it's begging you to take South Carolina, which is why you may want to take Georgia State. And I think
1: I might again, 16 and seven against the spread over the last two years, best in the country. South Carolina has been the opposite of that. Um, I, 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 mean, again, this is probably something I'll look at in the first half. Cause I think that Georgia state was, they were susceptible at times last year, especially against the pass. Um, The team that was – you know, they were 109th in in scoring defense – I'm sorry, passing defense. I think that's obviously where they will try to attack, um, just with this, where the way this offense is going to be run with Spencer Rattler anyway. Figure out what the first half is. um, Because here's another thing. South Carolina, they've had so many upgrades at at a lot of offensive positions. But unlike a lot of other teams in the SEC where they don't have that recruiting, like, you know, not stronghold, but they they don't have – they haven't stacked recruiting classes, especially at important positions like that, at all yet. Because Beamer is, you know, it's just getting started. So once Rattler comes out, I mean, is fucking Jake Bentley still there? I, I mean, like who comes in after that? That's why I'm
0: taking Georgia State, the plus 12 and a half. You're taking right. South Carolina first week or first so I'm half? I'm taking
1: first half for sure. Um what's that number? I'm trying to find it right now. I, I will say I think that. I mean, Beamer knows, like, the importance of, like, optics for sure. Um, I feel like that's something he's been, like, pretty cognizant of. Hold on. Let me see if I can find it. My bad, my bad. Uh, It's only seven. If South Carolina is not up by seven points or more on this team in the first half, there's going to be a lot of angry Carolina fans. Yeah,
0: I agree. All right, I like that bet. Probably a little bit more than mine, even. Um, <clears throat> let's see. Are you doing anything in the Utah State Alabama game?
1: Yeah, I'm going to take Utah State. It's 42. Oh God! It's 42. You're unbelievable. I I've been saying this for weeks. They were 10 and four against the spread of last year. Anyway, I'm sure there's not. Did they almost get beat of- by UConn last week. Yeah, they were down fourteen, nothing. That was bad. That was not good. <laughs> I mean, UConn's got Jim Mora. Plus forty two. Feels like two thousand thirteen again. If you're UConn. Utah State, plus forty two. Locking it in for you. Um, yeah, I, I don't think that's a bad bet. What? And by the way, what's the over? Isn't the over only really like fifty three or something like that? Uh, let's see. Where was that at?
0: It is. I don't see a line.
1: I'm pretty sure it's like 60. Anyway, I'm excited to see this, um, what the offense looks like. I'm excited to see Jameer Gibbs. Defense, for, for the most part, I'm just hoping to get through a game without injuries in general. Um, biggest things I'm, I'm looking forward to, what the defensive backs and the corners look like, and also how does the offensive line look, as well as those new receivers. Like, I, I hope – Hopefully it's TreShaun Holden because I've been saying this all offseason. I think that is the key for Bama this year is to have one of those kids that was already on the on that roster to show out at receiver. So there you
0: go. Uh, Sixty two and a half is the over under, by
1: the way. So you're saying fifty one to ten.
0: It seems feasible.
1: Yeah, I'm going to say Utah State. I'm probably going to bet on it, but still.
0: Uh, okay, so you're you're not you're not betting. You're not taking the Utah State plus forty two. Probably not. No. Okay, I'll delete it off your record. All right. I guess the last one that probably doesn't need too much breaking down, at least in the SEC, is Memphis Mississippi State.
1: I feel like it's like low key a better game than we're giving credit for.
0: Uh. So. Fifteen and a half is the spread.
1: Wait, that jumped. Um, that doubled. By the way.
0: Yes. Which is odd, and makes you think that Mississippi State is by far the play.
1: No, it does not at all for me. For a line to move that much. Oh, I mean, for sure. I'm just saying. Like, I, I don't think that we saw this. We saw this matchup a year ago.
0: Right, which is why. You think it happens two times in, uh, in a in a I guess calendar
1: year? No, I'm just saying I don't, I wouldn't say they're 15 points better. I don't know if Mississippi State. That was better. weird that it was at Memphis last year. By the way, they play they play a lot of games at home there. Um. Anyway, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm interested to see what what Rodgers looks like. The defense is supposed to be. There's a lot of a lot of talk about how good the defense might be, which is not something you usually see in a Mike Leach offense. I, I think the biggest question for me is like. Win and win emphatically for sure. Get off, get start off on the right foot. Like don't have a repeat of what you had last year, where you had this like the biggest comeback in school history or or whatever against a, a non-con. But again, that was against La Tech, not them. The other thing I would say is like, I mean, like how do we judge success from Will Rogers? Like he's going to go out there and he's going to be thirty-two of forty-four. For three touchdowns, 340 yards, and, and maybe one pick.
0: I'm taking Mississippi State, minus 15 and a half. All right, Remember, year three, the same QB and Leach's offense, The team takes off. I think they're getting dinged a little bit for what happened last year, but I expect them to be improved. Mississippi State, minus 15 and a half. Taking it. All right.
1: Let's, Let's get, get into, into stuff, it, because we have probably bored some people uh, – with our gambling talk, I mean, or maybe we've made some people some money. I don't know.
0: All right. Let's go to the first uh, game. There's two two games, 3.30 um, on Saturday. Let's go with Cincinnati, Arkansas. Um, <clears throat> this one at Donald W. Reynolds Razorback Stadium. ESPN, number 23 Cincinnati at number 19 Arkansas. This line opened at minus seven for the Razorbacks. Over under 54. Currently, we sit at minus six. I think, yeah, even down to minus five and a half. Did I see
1: over um, it has been a the last couple days?
0: Let me see where that's currently at because
1: I saw right? it at six, like not very six, long but ago. I
0: thought that I just saw it at five and a half. It is still at six. All right, so. of the bets are on Arkansas, 61% of the money. So a lot of the public loves the Razorbacks in this situation. Uh, We'll start with Cincinnati. They were the first group of five program to ever reach the college football playoff last year. Uh, Of course, they were led by Desmond Ritter, who is now gone. He had won 44 games at Cincinnati. He led them to two straight undefeated regular seasons and two straight AAC titles. Um, I guess at quarterback, it looks like Luke Fickle's being pretty coy on who he's going to start. My guess would be Ben Bryant, who was at Cincinnati, transferred last year, went to Eastern Michigan, played there for a year, and transferred back. Kind of like the old Uh Stetson move. Okay. Um, So maybe he has the leg up, but you also lose Sauce Gardner. Uh, You lose your leading rusher from last year. All of your top three tacklers are gone. But three returning all-conference O-linemen back to the Bearcats. They still have pretty decent playmakers on both sides of the ball. They've got NFL talent um, at, across multiple levels of their defense and some on offense as well. Um, what do you like here? Obviously, Arkansas is a popular team and has been for the last couple of years. We know Pittman's record against the spread. What are you thinking of this game?
1: <clears throat> so, I just think that that this is the one time that I'm going to jump all over Arkansas, not just because Pittman is 16-6 against the spread since he's been there, but also because Cincinnati lost too much. Um, Arkansas is going to be a really good football team. I don't think it's going to show in the same way that maybe A&M in 2019 when you know they were top 10 preseason but only went 7-5 and because they had such a brutal schedule playing five teams in the top 10, four in the top five like wins are not like very easy to come by over the last decade in, in Fayetteville. And I, I think that's one thing that Pittman does a really good job of is he knows that like every single win, no matter who's on the other, other, other sideline matters to those fans. Um, and when you look at the rest of that schedule, he's got coming up after this. I mean, you got to get started off on, on a right. On a good on a, on a good foot here. Um, and it's kind of like one of those games where it's almost like low-hanging fruit, for lack of better words. It, like Cincinnati has way more glitz and glamour to that name than they should because they went to the playoff last year. Arkansas, I think, should win this game handily. I, I would take – I'm going to take Arkansas to cover. I'm also going to take the under at 51.
0: Okay. Um, I'm actually going to take Arkansas to win, but Cincinnati to cover. I think it'll be actually lower scoring. You said you're taking the under?
1: Yeah. I might even do a teaser on that. Stop writing down everything I say during the the episode. Well, how else would I track it? You just trust me on Saturday. I'll just tell you the truth.
0: All right. So you've got Arkansas minus the six. I'm going to take Cincy plus the six. Okay. Uh, but I, I think also that. think that Arkansas will win, and then you're also taking the Arkansas under. That currently at 52. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Arkansas starts the season one and zero. Um, like this matchup being at home for them. It's gonna. I, I do think Cincinnati has lost a lot, but I think Fickle's also done a really good job. He's been in that program for a while. He's re- recruited some pretty decent talent, especially for Cincinnati. Um, good. Yeah, I like the backdoor cover potential here for Cincinnati oh, as well. I hate that. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. All right. I like that pick. All right. Next, uh, let's go with. Do we want to go with the t- same time slot?
1: Now, let's say Georgia for last. Utah and Florida.
0: I want to be on Utah. Like, Utah really needs to be, like, they need to win this game, not only for themselves, obviously, and their chances for for the playoffs, but just for the whole Pac 12 to have any sort of like anyone ever take them seriously. It's like you have a shot on the national stage to prove. Now Florida, it's kind of like almost a Cincinnati in this in a way, where it's like, hey, they've got a name. Like you're going to Florida, like that could be considered a big win. I, I don't think maybe for other programs in the SEC that would necessarily be like some huge win, but I think you know you're on Saturday night, you're on ESPN national television. Let's see what what you talk and do coming into the deep south. It's extremely hot, even at a night game. Extremely humid.
1: Humidity's gonna be at ninety-five
0: percent. Florida only a three-point underdog. Um, I don't know, man. This this line makes me want to take Florida so bad.
1: It's so confusing because they were first off they were favored when the line opened. Hey, right. So you're looking at this and you're like, okay, Utah is a sleeper pick for the the playoff or a lot of not a sleeper pick, but a popular pick for a lot of people to make the playoff. They went to the Rose Bowl last year, won the Pac-12. They're ranked seventh in the country, and they're playing a team that has lost seven or, I think, six straight games and and hasn't covered in the last six as well. The worst team in the SEC in terms of uh, covering the spread versus non-con opponents since 2020. I mean, like, do we – I guess the question is, do we think – that humidity like i just feel like whenever you're if 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 that's what you're like your hopes are are kind of rooted in if it's the fucking weather i just that doesn't make me feel super confident your team
0: if you look at utah the last couple years um when they've had expectations and they've had good years you know obviously 20 was a was a five-game season go back to 2019 they were 11 and 3 last year they were 10 and 4 the year before that 9 and 5 so not as good but if you look at their schedule they seem to peak later in the season yeah Um, last year you know they had some decent expectations they were preseason ranked 24 they go into the second week of the season at BYU and they lose even though they were a seven point favorite in that game the very next week, they lose to San Diego State when they were an eight-point favorite as well. If you go back uh, the year before, they were preseason ranked twenty-two. First game of the season against USC, they lost. They were it was a they were a two-point underdog, but they got they got beat pretty bad. Um, there's a there's a a theme here. Even going back to 2019, they lost at USC uh, when they were preseason ranked number 14. So. I'm going to take Florida and I think I'm going to take Florida to win.
1: I don't think it's a bad pick. You know, I mean, you know you you failed to bring up when you were talking about all that is what they, what all of those those losses had in common is they were on the road.
0: Yes. And that was even on the same coast a lot of those. Sometimes yeah. even in the same state. Now you come down to the south. SEC as we know a little bit different ball game than the Pac-12. It just seems like Florida has kind of gone under the radar a little bit this this offseason. In fact, I think a lot of people have wrote them off extremely early this offseason. Florida isn't going to be any good. Well, I don't know. Let, let's let's pause on that. Let's see what happens in this game. Um, I think I think Florida fans are starting to get fired up about the future there. Recruiting's turned around just through the summer. Um. Obviously, a lot of this this is going to be like an Anthony Richardson coming out party, or it's going to be like, oh yeah, he just sucked the whole time. Obviously, we're going to overreact one way or the other, right? Um, but I'm I'm going to bet on the Gators at home. I'm going to take them the plus three. I'll take the points, but I think they they went out right. So I'm going to take
1: Utah money line, and, and I know <laughs> what I said about the the what do you call it like the the road games, all that kind of stuff as well. But just in in like. Thank God it's a fresh start. Mullen's not there anymore. Um, you can't really look back on, you know, last year's team and, and try to. I mean, Mullen said that himself, right? Like that that Orange Bowl loss was that didn't count against that that 2020 team. So um, you look back at like what, what do you call it? What, um, what, like how these two teams have been trending? Polar opposite directions. And and hopefully Billy Napier can get that fixed. But look at Utah and it's. It's not like a murderer's row, but they did play Oregon twice. They played UCLA. Um, you have road games against Stanford and Arizona, uh, and you play another game against Colorado. They've scored thirty-five or more points in nine of their last ten games. I'm sorry, thirty-four or more points in nine of their last ten games. I mean, they ended last year on a six-six on a game winning streak before the Rose Bowl they lost to a good Ohio State team by three total points. And they were putting up 38 points or more in five of those six games. And pretty much outside of the Arizona game, which was a a nine-point win, they blew out everybody. I mean, they blew out, again, a ranked Oregon team by 59 combined points. um, UCLA team that was – at the time, pretty decent by twenty points. I, I'm going to take Utah. I'm going to take Utah to win. I just think that winning him is a, is a really good coach.
0: Yeah, no, he definitely is. Um, I'm surprised. I didn't realize that he's like older.
1: Yeah, he's been coaching since. He's like he's like a better looking. He's like Brian Harson. Yeah, I was going to say Brian Harson. like twenty years younger. <laughs> um. Okay. Well.
0: We'll see. We'll see what the Gators do. Um, I guess that leaves us what Florida State, LSU, and I mean,
1: then well, Georgia Morgan, right? Yeah, we've got we did Cincy Um
0: and we got Ohio State, Notre Dame.
1: Yeah, let's well, let's do Florida State, LSU first. I feel like we're missing another SEC game. That's fine. I could be wrong.
0: I don't think so. I'm going through the list here. By the way, do you do you ever look at Odd Shark
1: when you do any of your research?
0: Uh, every once in a while, I'll look at some of the like historical ATS numbers and things like that. But
1: why? So that's that's why I do whenever I, I use it. Um, it's the exact same thing. But they also have like the scores and matchup predictions for each game. It's like where you find the the ATS numbers it is fucking hysterical because like, like according to this, um, like law is going to fucking wax Mizzou. I mean, just like hand it to him. Really? Um, also Navy's going to be Delaware 26 to two. Okay. So you gotta love that. Uh-huh. Um, anyway, I just thought it was interesting. So yeah, th- there's a couple other games that, like, Thursday night you have Pitt, West Virginia. I think that'll be interesting to see. Um, I think that East Carolina, NC State game is going to be trickier than people think.
0: Uh, I am on Pittsburgh as we have discussed. No, I know. Um,
1: and then Army and Coastal Carolina is the two and a half hands down the the most overlooked fun game of the weekend.
0: Also, very strange line. Coastal Carolina is
1: favored by two and a half, right?
0: Yes. That at home.
1: Terrible. Yeah. It just
0: seems like it would be more. They Matt, still have whatever. the same QB. Um, All right. How about so, UNC? UNC at, until today was a pick'em or it is a pick'em against the App State. App State was favored. What? Yep. Like North Carolina? Yes. That's another one that's weird. What in the hell? Um, All right. I guess we'll talk Florida State LSU. Scared. Uh, Looks like that that line has moved to three and a half now. So that's good. Uh, I'm actually potentially tempted to pick Florida State at three and a half, but um this one is obviously sunday night so it's a standalone game it's in new orleans so it's a de facto home game for lsu obviously lsu you know they've got a brand new coaching staff uh new vibes new year new them uh presuming that they've got Jaden daniels starting at quarterback um florida state looked pretty good last week against an fcs opponent but there were some things that did scare me um that like about Florida State that um just don't match up well with l s u uh for one our secondary to me looks pretty weak they did have their top corner out for last week he should be in for the l s u game but I think l s u's got some of the best they've got the one of the better receiving cores in the country not just yeah, the s e c um They've got one of the better D lines in the country as well. Um, Florida state, I don't know if you've heard, but they have not historically had a great offensive line the last few years. Um, I think it's getting better, but I don't think it's there yet. Typically. Um, I'm a big fan of saying, Hey, if you can't block the other team's D line, you're probably not going to win the game. Um, I don't know. You know, Florida state's running game looked really good. Um, Jordan Travis, I think, is a good QB, but I just think that Florida State does not have the athletes to match up with LSU. LSU's problem, and and um, I actually heard Moscona do uh, an interview on a Tallahassee radio show. Um, LSU had, like, what, 10 people go to the draft last year? Yeah. And they've got multiple guys on this squad that should go. It was a cultural issue for them under Orgeron. Not a talent issue for Florida State. It previously was both. Now it's just a talent issue, no longer a cultural issue. Um, I just I like LSU to win the game. Unfortunately, I, I think I would be I would be surprised, not like absolutely shocked, if Florida State won the game because I do think they're going to be better this year. And LSU, right. it is the first game under Brian Kelly. You know they're bound to screw something up. I just don't know if Florida State can take advantage of those things. Um, this this game seems to me that if Florida State can play perfect, no turnovers, limit penalties, they could pull it off. But that's going to be a pretty hostile environment, even though it's a supposed neutral game. Um, so it's moved to three and a half now, which I don't love that hook. Um, it looks like heavy um, majority of the bets have come in on LSU, but it's a, almost split on the money, which means that big money and there's sharp action on the Knowles, which I like for, as a fan. But I'm going to take LSU. I guess I'll take the three and a half. I liked it better at three. But I'm going to take LSU to win the
1: cover. Okay. Uh, I am too. I'm going to take the money line on that. I might make a little parlay with that as well, but I think that's probably the safest bet. Money line? Yeah. I like. I think the biggest thing for LSU is – is what we've been hearing this off season. And that is the stuff that is the least sexy and, and kind of boring, but like some of the most important things like for a program, especially after what they have with, with uh, coach O and that is just like the level of professionalism, consistency, seriousness, and like attention to detail that they've, they've had now with Brian Kelly, Brian Kelly is a really good coach. Um, I think it'd be awesome. Like, you know, for you, for Florida state, if they're able to go in there and, and win that game Hey, yeah. there's a reason why the line is is only three and a half, and has has been like that all off season. Um, Vegas knows something, but right there's say- a lot of people
0: on LSU, which again, I think that makes me feel good as a four state fan, right? Um, maybe not as good as a better if I'm betting on them, but which I did. But that's what I do. I always bet against four state.
1: No, I mean, I I think that's probably a safe... It's been profitable. ...and reasonable, reasonable, uh, you know, idea. But anyway, I I think... I'm excited for this game maybe more than anything else this weekend because it'll be interesting to see where these two programs are.
0: For sure. No doubt. I'm excited about it too. I I think it'll be a good game. Um, If LSU comes out and wins big, I'm going to be depressed again. Oh, God. Uh, All right. Last game, it's the big
1: one no, in more. What's that? We have two.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry. Let's let's do Ohio State uh, Notre Dame first. Um, I think Ohio State wins real big in this game. Yeah. I um. Think so. By the way, a stat Bear always puts out these fantastic stats every week. Bear Felica, Chris Bear Felica from uh, Game Day. Yeah. So, to go back to the LSU game, one that doesn't make me feel good as a Florida State fan, Brian Kelly has won 40 straight games as a head coach when his teams were favored. Jesus. Which is tough when you're an underdog. Um, He had one on the Notre Dame game as well, and it is not good for Notre Dame in the least. Which is... Interesting, considering we just had that awesome stat about Kelly. But Notre Dame, who plays at Ohio State this weekend, night game, has struggled mightily away from home against elite teams. In their last 10 games away from home versus top 10 opponents, the Irish are 0-10 and have lost by an average of 16.4 points per game. Um, Now, if you narrow that down to the top five opponents... So instead of top ten, the numbers are even worse. Eleven straight losses by an average of nineteen point six points per game, with seven by at least seventeen points. That spread is at seventeen and a half right now. This Ohio State team, everyone says they you've got them to win the national title. They've they've got maybe you know arguably one A one B with Bryce Young, the best quarterback in the country. <clears throat> you've got talent across the board on offense you hired probably maybe the higher of the offseason as far as coordinators are concerned with uh taking jim Knowles from oklahoma state you'd like to think that you could take a step forward on offense if you're a buckeyes fan and let's be honest every time we see notre dame play against an sec team they get their doors blown off Everyone always went back to the excuse of, well, you know, at Notre Dame, you just can't get in the quality of talent at Notre Dame because of the standards to get in, the admissions are harder, blah, 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 blah. Well, Ohio State has better talent than a lot of those teams that that Notre Dame has lost to over the years. Um, Ohio State recruits just as well as anybody, any Bama or Georgia does, for the most part. So it's Marcus Freeman's first game as head coach. We don't really know what we're gonna have there. Um, I believe who's their quarterback? I don't even know. Is it Jack Cone? Um, I'm actually not sure. I, I mean, I don't no, they so just they- named him. He's a new one this this this. He he was on the staff last year. I can't remember his name. Um, not staff, but but on the roster last year. Um, I, I think that Ohio State wants to come out, prove a point. Um, and I think they destroy Notre Dame in this game, and I'm going to take Ohio State to take to to t- win by more than 17 and a half points.
1: Um, do you know what Ohio State has done in the month of September against the spread? I do not. It's about to make me feel bad. Yeah they they opened up 0 three last year. Um, two of those games at home, they were. Very similar spreads. They were a 14-point favorite on the road at Minnesota, won by 14 since a push. Oregon, they were 14 and a 14-and-a-half-point favorite, lost by seven. Tulsa, who's awful, 24-and-a-half-point favorite, they won by 21. Um, it took a while for Ohio State to get going last year uh, with C.J. Stroud and all them. They struggled a decent amount. They didn't cover in four of their last six. Um, and in games where they were a – between a fourteen and twenty-point favorite, they only covered one of or two of those.
0: Don't love that for me. That
1: being said, I'm still going to hammer Ohio State. <laughs> okay. I, like, I just feel like this is one of those things for what like these two fan bases have had a very odd off season, like where they're like, like going back and forth at each other in the weirdest ways. Like they shouldn't be mad at all with with either uh, fan base, but they of course are because it's Ohio State. Um, I had a guy call me a leprechaun-looking-ass clown on Twitter the other day because I said that Ryan Day was a top-three offensive mind. Just Seems not fair. one or two.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't even feel like that's
1: like a dig. No, no, I mean, at all. That being said, I think they are going to come out and try to prove a point. You, you kind of saw this early on in 2020 when they – we're coming off that Clemson loss, and they felt like they had a point to prove. Um, I'm going to take Ohio State until Ohio, until Notre Dame can show me that they don't shit the bed in big moments, and, and that's it.
0: Yeah, I, that was pretty much the same reasoning um, for me as well. Last game, Georgia defending national title. Start the year with Oregon uh, in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Three thirty on ABC Oregon comes in ranked number 11, Georgia number three. Uh, this line has not moved open to Georgia minus 17 and a half. It sits there today. The over under has moved up, uh, two and a half points to 53 at the moment. Um, a lot of the bets are coming in on Oregon from the public. 63% of the bets on Oregon, 75% of the money. um, I'll let you take the uh, explanation on this one first.
1: So the, the only thing I can think of with this is I don't think Bo Nix is going to throw anything at Kirby that's going to confuse him or that defense. I, I feel very confident in that. The other thing um, I feel confident in is I feel like that with with Kirby, we saw this with, with – um, Sam Pittman a while back when they opened the season in 2020 against Arkansas, where I don't think he was necessarily taking it easy on his former coach, but they did not come out firing on all cylinders. It's a little bit different situation because they didn't know their quarterback was. I mean, Oregon's got talent, and they've got talent on defense, which is good for a guy like Dan Lanning. Um, I I think Georgia will cover for sure. I would stay away from. I would take whatever the first half under is for one. And I would stay away from, like, I think anything, I feel like the first half is just going to be a, a lot tighter than than Georgia fans are going to be comfortable with.
0: As they That's just kind I'm of out. figure out the new pieces on defense and all that? or Yeah,
1: and, and I think, you know, like one thing, especially when you have that many weapons that Georgia has on offense, I mean, it's it's like you've been doing this all off season, so you're you're excited obviously to go out there and, and you've been you know coming up with like your your script for the first first series and all that kind of shit. At the same time, it's not easy finding ways to get every single one of those guys the ball. Right. So, I, I will say I think that like I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised to see them kind of not struggle, but but kind of sputter a little bit early on. Also, like. I don't think we're going to see the the Georgia that we saw last year where they're just going up and down the field, chunk plays, five, you know, five plays, 75 yards, all run plays for a touchdown, five plays through the air for a touchdown. You know, I, I brought those drives up against Kentucky a year ago. We saw what Stetson did in the national title game. I do think you're going to see a lot of like, you know, like maybe a two yard game, maybe a one yard loss, like just kind of like a little bit of a struggle and then a chunk play. And also, they don't have the, the benefit of, of, of having the run game they had a year ago.
0: I've actually got Oregon to cover, but I think it's just going to be like a cheap touchdown late, some stupid Bo Nix play where he's like scrambling around for five minutes. I just think the depth of talent that Georgia has. Look, Oregon's got some really good top-end guys uh, that Cristobal brought in there that are, you know, you talk about, Justin Flo, for example, uh, at linebacker. There's some guys on their on their team that were recruited by the Georgias and the Bams of the world, but they don't have the depth of talent for that. And so <clears throat> I do think you're right. I mean, it, it could be close for a little bit to start. I don't really consider the Dan Lanning connection that big of a deal. I mean, he it's not like he took a bunch of Georgia coaches with him to Oregon to help, like – to be a part of his staff i mean it's not like he has a whole staff game planning and knowing the roster in and out um i just think there's too much talented depth at georgia uh for oregon to win the game i will take like i said the the backdoor cover of 17 and a half from Morgan just because i mean the oregon still is a good team and that's a big number and um you know georgia could shut it down towards the back half of the fourth quarter you can see Oregon try to make it interesting, you know, as far as the covers concerned. Late, um, I kind of like the under in this game too, uh, of fifty
1: three. Yeah, I like that. Um, let me pull up one more thing before we before we close this, because
0: by the way, since Georgia since twenty nineteen Georgia has held its five Power Five non con opponents to a total of thirty five points. Covered all 30? all five games. If you take out the two games versus Georgia Tech. The Bulldogs won those three games versus top 10 opponents by a 70 to 28 margin. Jeez. So that doesn't make me feel great about my bet, but
1: that is a stat laid out there by the Bear. Okay. I like that. Um, I'm trying to pull up one last thing. Bo Nicks, Bo Nicks in, uh, like in games against Georgia. Okay. I'm, I just cannot get over this this line. 30 of 50 uh, for 245 and one touchdown and one turnover. Um, and that was in 2019. I don't know whose idea it was to have him fucking air it out uh, in that game, but there you go. Um, let's see here. The following year against Georgia 2020, i um, not great. He was 21 of 40 for 177 yards, 11 uh, carries for eight. He had a zero touchdowns, one interception. Um, my main point here is that, like, I just – I don't feel like Bo Nix is going to do anything against a Kirby Smart defense that, that gives you anything to worry about. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, that's all. Yeah.
0: No, I, I don't think I don't think Georgia. Well, there may be a time in the first half where Georgia fans I could see getting mad, blaming Stetson, wanting to put in Carson Beck or something like that. But ultimately, I think by the end, you know, the third quarter, fourth quarter rolls around. I don't think Georgia fans are going to be in any doubt of losing this game. No
1: I think that's very yeah. fair. Um. Yeah, I mean, I would I would think that's that's spot on. So, also, I'll never forget, last year he was twenty one of thirty eight. I mean, he's had he's had he hasn't scored a touchdown against this team in in years, years. So there's that years. So, um,
0: all right. Well, I don't know which bets were official or not official for you. Uh, so maybe we could convene after, or maybe we could just lie and pick what we picked. For yeah, the next I show. That. Um, I am fired up. I can't wait to watch these games. Uh, it's gonna be fantastic. I'm gonna be with a bunch of Georgia fans for the Georgia game on Saturday. Wish I could go down, but um, I just got too much going on um with the kids this weekend. But I will be at a watch party for the Georgia game. Love it. We come back, maybe watch the late Ohio State game with some neighbors. The Florida State game, um, and Clemson, Georgia Tech. It's just like, ugh, that's not a good Monday game.
1: No, no, it's not. Um, either way, though, it's back, and I'm excited. I think I'm going to go down to the Classic City Collective tailgate with uh, my buddies over there, Dog Central, Graham Coffee, um, and Josh Hanser as well. So if you guys are going down to tailgate for the Georgia-Oregon game, hit us up or hit me up. I will be there. I would love to have you buy me a beer and get into an argument in real life, not just Twitter. All
0: right, guys. Well, hey. Oh, wait. Are we opening up the the – the voicemail line? Oh yeah, well?
1: yeah. I'll I'll, ch- I'll check on that for sure. We're we're definitely doing that again. Um, we gotta get. You know what would be would be great is some pre-season uh, voicemails. I haven't been in the uh,
0: thing in a while.
1: Yeah, don't don't. I think I got drunk and texted an X in there. Oh God.
0: <laughs> All right. Well. We'll figure that out. (laughs) For Chris, I'm Tyler. Enjoy week one. We'll get back with you guys next week. It'll be a Tuesday recording since the games go through Monday for a recap. And then we'll obviously continue through the rest of the year doing your previews, and your recaps every single week. Good luck if you're betting out there. Like I said, for Chris, I'm Tyler. We'll talk to you next week love it no Tyler that's not it all right marlar you got an interview with Chris Doring stop being nervous and just talk ball with the guy
1: all right joined by a very special guest today um kind of last minute and really appreciate you, you jumping on um, a gator legend Doring's got a touchdown um Chris Doring man how are you
2: I'm good man it's good to be on with you here it uh, feels like Christmas morning, right, to all of us college football fans with the season kicking off in earnest tonight. So uh, really excited to, one, get some real football, and two, to not have to keep talking about the same things that we've been talking about for months and months and months and actually get yeah. some, some reactionary perspective going forward.
1: Yeah, for fucking real, man. I, I could not agree with that more. One, I, I, I caught what you kind of hinted at there, that Vandy is not real football, and that's fine. I wouldn't disagree with that. Um, but also – I was, in, I was in a Twitter space last night and somebody was, I mean, fucking irate over you picking Kentucky to beat Georgia. And I was like, I, I just, I mean, I waste a lot of time with stuff that I shouldn't be doing, probably. Uh, it's not productive, but I, can you imagine being that upset two months later? um over just talking points and stuff like that so you're right like at least we get to react to actual games that should be a lot of fun
2: why 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 do people care chris like why do people care what i think like oh oh, it's disrespect to your team that i picked kentucky to beat Georgia, or to disrespect to my alma mater i've been i'm being told that i'm not a true gator by some of the fans because i picked kentucky to beat florida like bro i'll put my gator resume up against anybody yeah starting with the age of five all the games i've been to the emotions that i've I've spent as a fan, the blood, sweat, and tears that I put on the field as a player, right. the 20 grand a year that I give as a bull gator. So I, I don't want to hear from any Florida fans about my gatordom.
1: Yeah, honestly, that's like, there's, I don't know if there's a person that is probably more rooted. Maybe, I mean, maybe fucking Tebow, but I like, I don't know. I mean, like, you're from there, you, you had season tickets, and then you actually get to, you know, be a walk on and then scholarship player. Yeah, I, I don't, that's, you know, those people like, I think fans are going to always be fans for sure, but um, this offseason, man, I you know I will just say that I don't think it's a hot take. I think Georgia. I've been I've been using the phrase they've just been horny for disrespect. Just just any chance they could find, like so, somebody said that blah blah blah, like negative about us. Like no, they didn't. Just calm the fuck down.
2: So here's the thing, Marlon. Look, it. it Georgia won the national championship last year with one of the greatest teams you know, at least the greatest defensive unit that I've seen in a long time, but they still lost a game, right? So your defense is not going to be as good. When's the last time we saw a wire-to-wire undefeated team, I guess, uh, Alabama a couple of years ago, right, with Mac Jones? But more frequently in in the later years, we're seeing one lost national champ. So you're trying to tell me that Georgia's not somewhere along the way going to lose a football game? It doesn't mean you're out of the national championship, Hope Hunt. I mean, it, it's it's just the, the real-life Situation of, of being in in the SEC and, and playing in big time college football like you're you're inevitably likely going to lose a football game. I I mean
1: everything you're saying is just rooted in logic and reason and that's probably why that's probably where you you went wrong. Um, I mean because you're right. Like I, I think like you know even even Bama who's been you know one of the most I mean probably the most dominant team over the last decade or whatever. But how many undefeated seasons does does Saban have? And yeah. isn't that in a 15 game season? You know once I, I think. The thing with Georgia, I think they're going to be. I, I I don't see anybody that's going to compete with them on that schedule until the like the postseason. Um, but yeah, it's it's just a bizarre thing. Like somebody, I think that the the mental gymnastics from fans in general. Somebody said last night. Um, they were like, I t- "There's not a game that we have circled more than than Kentucky," and that's I can't believe Doring said that because they called a timeout with 2 seconds left last year and you know Kirby's been thinking about that all offseason I was like I guarantee fucking to you Kirby has not been thinking about that at all this offseason no, so. that,
2: that, that's the perspective of somebody that's never been in the locker room that doesn't understand the focus of a coach and a team on themselves and worrying about how they execute more than what somebody did to disrespect them or right. some perceived slight like it's it's an absolute joke but i i just you know i look at at, at fans these days and and uh you know, it's great for what we do. I mean, you know, there's no such thing as bad press, right? Uh, that, that, that Kentucky take that I had, whether you were in Lexington or whether you were in Gainesville or Athens, it got reaction. And that was not my intention. As you know, I'm not I'm – right. I don't care about clickbait. Like, I, I firmly believe in, in what Mark Stoops has built there. I firmly believe that, uh, you know, that, that they have a really talented team and the schedule is very uh, – very – hospitable to having a a really good season but you're part of what you have to look at when you handicap SEC football and this is another thing that fans don't understand is the cumulative grind of playing week in and week out against top talent so the reason that I picked Kentucky to beat Georgia was not only because I think Kentucky's got a really good team and it's going to be in Lexington but look at Georgia's schedule they play Florida Tennessee and Mississippi State in successive weeks Right. right before going to Lexington like all of that has to be taken into consideration as well and, oh, by the way, we have no idea what, you know, the the, the rosters are going to look like in terms of health at that point in the season.
1: I, I will say, like, again, all of that is just logical and and, and reasonable, um, which is where you probably went wrong. But I think you <laughs> yeah. know, I, I've been saying all year, I think that, that Georgia is – it's like they have the best chance of going undefeated in the SEC just because of the way that schedule sets up. And, and it's just weaker than anyone else. It's not their fault. It's just, you know, and part of that's because of how dominant they've been. At the same time, this is a team that lost to fucking three and nine South Carolina at home three yeah. years. So it's not it's not that far fetched. Um, I do want to talk about a different locker room uh, that is missing a really good dancer um, and a, a fantastic offensive of mind. Just ended a little bit prematurely and poorly uh, in Gainesville. There's Dan Mullen, obviously the head coach, who's now been replaced by Billy Napier. Um, I mean, you you are. Around the program more than most, you you still live in Gainesville, and you you know you have like a very very close I feel like um you know connection honestly with with the program. I always have the, the, with Napier, nobody's ever going to ever be spurrier, but I've just been really impressed with how he's handled himself from jump in, in terms like from from the moment they were even negotiating the fucking contract when he was like I'm not going to take this job, which is a dream job for a lot of people, unless you give me the the tools and and yeah. like. Resources, so I could be successful. What what have, what have you gathered or felt like uh, the the mood around the program since he's been there?
2: First and foremost, it's funny you mentioned Dan Mullen. Uh, now in the media, I saw he posted his his uh, rankings, his his rankings uh, East and the West. If it was a slight, you know, at Billy Napier or the roster that was left by his his. Uh, coaching staff. so that's a, uh, an interesting dynamic in and of itself. I, I don't know that I necessarily disagree with that, but um, you know it, it, I, I'm thoroughly impressed with Billy Napier. I'm thoroughly impressed with the patience that he showed because he could have taken you know some of those open jobs in the SEC in the last couple of years mm-hmm. most likely but wanted to wait until he found the right job. I'm thoroughly impressed with him and putting using the time during the pandemic in 2020, when everything was shut down to really go deep into planning what he wanted his program to look like when inevitably, inevitably he got that, that job and that opportunity. And then showing it to Scott Strickland and convincing him that that's what they need. They opened up the purse strings and rolled out the, the money for the support staff that they needed for moving the players off campus and to upgrade student housing. Like, literally everything that he's asked for has been granted by the administration – one because I think Scott Strickland trusts him, but two, he also knows how well thought out he is, and and really what they need to be able to get on par with the Georgias and Alabamas and LSU's of the SEC.
1: No, like it's it's kind of surprising that Florida of all places didn't have a lot of those resources or or, or you know put that into into place, but you know. Sooner than now, it's good that they finally did it. But I mean, that's one of the things you look at Georgia. I mean, like Georgia didn't have an indoor facility up until five years ago, and I remember hearing stuff out like with like when you know Ricks was the head coach. I mean, again, like not that long ago, where like it start raining at practice, they had to go fucking sit on, like on school buses until it stopped. Like it's like what what is happening right now? Um, the support staff is just, I think it's great and smart. It's also fucking hilarious that that team picture. My God, there are a lot of them.
2: But wasn't that, wasn't that great though? All right. Because it was a commercial that went viral on social media showing the level of commitment that the administration Mm -hmm. has for the program, showing that they're now on par with, with these other schools in the SEC that are elite. Like I I thought it was the best thing that could have happened. You could make fun of it, but at the end of the day, hey, this is the commitment that we have to developing you not only as a football player, but as a holistic human being.
1: Well, I mean, think about this. Think about it in comparison to like a program like Auburn, where it's like, like the the support from the staff and the boosters in general is so so vastly different than what you would see from there. I mean, like like all around, like any way you look at it, whether it's like you said, like it's like a recruiting standpoint, a player standpoint. I mean, like hell, if you're looking for a job, like I mean, think about the amount of like salaries they are putting into place and in, like and committing to just from just like in, in, we're not even a, a full year in yet with Napier, which I, I, you know, and maybe that stuff doesn't matter as much, but I just, I was kind of blown away that they, the lengths they went to, to, to uh, achieve like what he had asked for. I, I I will say I could not be more fucking confused about this team going into this season. And, and I need, you know, someone who's smarter than me, which is obviously you. um And, and is, you know, not has like a bunch of insight into the program, but also like, it's just like, – it's a weird, weird transition from where we were with Mullen to where they are now, and I feel like the only thing I've heard all offseason is, is about Richardson, and with good reason. He's, he's got a like, – he's an incredible athlete and could be a fantastic quarterback there. What I mean, what are your expectations, like big picture, before we get into the Utah game?
2: Well, I, I think first and foremost – your expectations as a Gator fan need to be realistic. This was a team that won six games last year. That was a complete mess in the month of November. Right. You don't obviously all of a sudden bring somebody new and wave a magic wand and you're going to win 10 games. So I think they need to be realistic about that. I think they need to re- be realistic about the lack of elite sec talent that's on the roster right now. Mm-hmm. And I think they need to be realistic about what the schedule that, that they face poses in terms of challenges, you know, like not only do they start the season against the top 10 opponent in Utah that many have going to the, the college football playoffs, but, you know, you draw Texas A&M from the West in addition to your rival from the West LSU. God. And, you know, you got to play Georgia, up and coming Tennessee, Florida State's probably going to be better at the end of the year. Kentucky, as I've already talked about, it's going to be a huge challenge. And we like, yeah, Carol. I mean, dude, it is a tough schedule. So realistically, I think Florida wins seven games this year, but if they win eight, they need to throw a parade for Billy right. Napier and his staff in year number one. I would, dude. I you,
1: I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. I mean, like that is a you guys. I've never seen you open, especially like you did like a couple of non like, a couple of neutral site games. Like, I think like the Michigan one, like you know, four or five years ago. But I mean, for the last thirty years, it rarely does Florida leave the state the first two weeks of the year. I mean, you know, when you were there, it was always like kind of a cupcake cupcake and then you get get the Tennessee game because you had the biggest game in the whole conference of the whole year already in week three Utah coming to Florida so like Vegas obviously knows something and I think Gator fans should be happy about this or optimistic at least because there's no reason that if you brought it up like how bad they struggled a year ago they've lost six of their last nine games this is Florida um the defense was awful. Three of those wins, by the way, or two of those three wins where it gets Vandy and Sanford. And that Sanford game, you gave up 52 points to Sanford. Um, you look at Utah. Utah comes in. Oh, I'm sorry, Florida still. They've also lost seven of their last eight games against ranked opponents. And now you have a top 10 team coming in that won nine of their last 10 games in the regular season, put up 38 points or more, I think, in like six of their last seven. A really, really talented and well-coached team. I really hope that Florida fans aren't like hinging all of their confidence on humidity because I don't think that's a good place to start. I think the environment is going to be very, very loud because of you know just the way the the swamp is. what What are the keys for Florida? I, like I, I
2: wouldn't say to keep it close. they're only a two point underdog. First, first and foremost, the reason they're a two point underdog is because of the the heat, the humidity, the environment that the fans are gonna create. Right. Utah hasn't seen anything like what the combination of those things is going to present to them in, in a challenge on Saturday night. And it's not a night. 7 o'clock in Gainesville, Florida, still 90 degrees, still 95% humidity. 95% humidity. Yeah, it's going to be a challenge for them for sure. But, you know, I, if Florida wins, that's great. I, I hope they win. Obviously, I'm a, I'm a huge supporter of my alma mater. But if they don't, there's still things I want to see from them. I don't believe in moral victories, but I want to see them play with some, some continuity. I want to see them mm-hmm. play with some offensive rhythm. I want to see a defense that's able to create pressure uh, with their, their their defensive line. And, and maybe more importantly than anything else, I want to see them compete for 60 minutes. Because yes. We last saw them in November, there was complete capitulation, not only from the players, but the coaches as well. I think that's one thing that Napier and his staff have done a great job, is, is circling the wagons, getting everybody back on the same page. And I want to see how that kind of manifest itself on Saturday night when they actually play in a game When something goes wrong do they hang the head their head or have they changed kind of their their mo from what they looked like when we saw them in November of last year
1: yeah that's a really good point and I think a lot of the teams that you know, take on the the personality of their coach and that's kind of where Mullen was at, at that point you know like it, it just it was a very very odd ending I think like and then you know Grantham is going to be Grantham I, I I can could not agree more that might be the you know, like fuck moral victories and all that kind of stuff, but that might be the most important thing to take away, especially as you get into the rest of the year against that gauntlet of a schedule. Um, I mean, I, I think, again, looking at it just from a standpoint of what Utah's able to do, I, I will say Utah had four losses last year and three of those are all four are away from home and three of them, they were favored um, by one score, just like they are this weekend. The biggest story that no one's talking about during, and I'm just going to throw this out there. How about the fact that the entire state of Utah is headed to Florida? Like in this very weird adult spring break with BYU going to Tampa and then Utah going to to Gainesville. And I mean, I don't know if you've been keeping up with Mormons this summer, but they've had a very, very risque uh couple of months here.
2: And I I am very excited to been, see what that looks it, like. It, it's been a uh, hot Mormon summer. Is that what you're trying to tell me? <laughs> It's been a hot Mormon
1: summer. I mean, I, like, I just the Mormon moms of TikTok. Uh, that is the story that I didn't know I needed, but I'm so glad that I have now. And then they have the Zach Wilson stuff. I mean, like, like listen, there's a lot of things that go on in Tampa, and and none of them, for the most part, um, are, are great. If you're going back to Utah, I like, I just, I, I, I think they should be way less concerned about the humidity, and and way more about like, you know the dude on bath salts outside of a Wawa that they're going to run into it, it, like on I four. There's so, there's just such a treasure trove of things that are going to happen with these two cultures colliding this weekend.
2: Yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh, Obviously I've heard the reports of 10 to 12,000 Utah fans being in uh, attendance on Saturday night. They've actually lowered the amount of alcohol that Ben Hill Griffin stadium ordered for this game. So it's uh, not going to be great for, for alcohol sales, but uh, should be a great environment having the red in the stadium there with all that orange and blue, man.
1: Well, uh, that 12,000, by the way, that's only actually three families when you break it down. So, <laughs> um, All right, give me a, uh, a prediction for um, – you already said the, the season win total. Give me a prediction for this weekend's game, any key points, and all that good stuff. Um, and that's about it, man. I'll let you get to the airport.
2: My guy, I am here. I have got to run. My flight leaves in about 20 minutes. So uh, oh, shit, I told no. you, I think Florida probably wins uh, seven games. I'll be happy if they are able to win eight. But uh, for some reason, and maybe you can throw me into the unrealistic uh, Gator fan category now, I think they find a way to win on Saturday against Utah. But uh, they need to with that schedule in September because they very easily could be one and three by the end of the month if they don't find a way to to get one here on on saturday night well I, I appreciate it man um go
1: don't miss your flights and uh and we, we appreciate the time and and all the good stuff and we'll talk to you soon
2: sounds good bro see ya. Bye.